Let's bring in Ben Emmons, Managing Director of Global Macro Strategy at Medley Global Advisors. Ben, you've got charts looking at the Europe stock market versus U.S. stocks. Happy New Year. Welcome back to the show. Uh, tell me what you see when you look at these two regions compared. Hey, Oliver. Happy New Year. Uh, good to be back on your show, indeed. And uh, yeah, let's kick off the, the year with looking at, let's say, a relative value, right? Like uh, your colleagues were just outlining some really good points about how the rebound is happening in the travel sector. But I think the European travel sector has even more upside for that perspective, right? The market is clearly trading on the other side of the pandemic. And Europe is, you know, reacting with more harsher lockdowns to um, to Omicron. So if, if that all starts to fade in a number of weeks from now, you're going to see airlines in, in Europe take off even more than what we're seeing in the U.S. And it's actually happening. There's other opportunities, I think. You know, your colleague mentioned the semiconductors. You know, U.S. semiconductors actually lack European semiconductors. And that's really because of a company out of my country, ASML, that's really leader in the, in the semiconductor space. And so I think that's another relative value difference. You know, U.S. semis have been in a really good trend, but the gap between U.S. semis and, and Europe is pretty wide still. You know, so Europe, I think, is that's the other side of that trade. will probably lack the U.S. semiconductors this year, as an example. So, Ben, when you look at these relative valuations, uh, potential relative returns, is it just a matter of how the groups have performed in the recovery off the COVID lows, or is this uh, become more specifically skewed as Europe was particularly hit uh, in the, let's call it late fall until now wave, something between Delta and Omicron seemed to have more of an impact there. When did this disparity arise? It actually arised a little earlier last year, somewhere in the spring, June of last year. And I think it definitely had to do with that Delta Omicron wave later that happened, but it also had to do with that the US economy took off in the second quarter by much more surprising strength than anybody realized. And I think that was that gap between the performance of US economy and Eurozone economy was just so wide. That's why you saw the dispersion building. Now hitting that wave hitting Europe, obviously, is still going to have some reverberation. The data in Europe today was good in the manufacturing side. Later this week, we're going to get services PMI out. That will probably get a big hit. You've seen it already in the UK. But nevertheless, I think that that the, that difference in growth trajectory that we've had over the past year may change this year. One, it is the Omicron episode really ending at, at, in the next, hopefully, next few weeks. But on the other hand, it's also the European Central Bank, right, that is not going to tighten, unlike the Fed. And there's, I think, a bit of a difference, too, if you think about the equity market performance. If it's true that the Fed tightening is going to really tighten financial conditions, we're not going to necessarily see that as much in Europe. So I think that, too, will play a role that you, the versions that we saw last year may somewhat narrow this year. Okay. Now, looking at uh, this on... Some of the sector specifics, as you mentioned, semiconductors, a few others that you highlight that stand out uh, that seem a little bit uh, uh, in, in uh, uh, contradiction to some of this is that the Europe small cap, the Europe uh, value groups have actually outperformed. So how does that fit into this uh, uh, regime here? Yeah, it's an interesting change, right? I, you would think in this risk on rally that we have, 
that you're going to see particularly value and small caps also pick up in the US, but they've lagged. I think that was partly, I think, in the Omicron story that hit here later. Um, I think in Europe, you know, it's a little different too of composition and European value and small caps are more driven by real estate and financials and pharmaceuticals. Yeah. We have a little bit different composition in those, in those ETFs that play somewhat of a role. But I think in the broader macro scheme, again, it looks like that, you know, there's some upside here in Europe building in terms of its valuation uh, relative to the US. You know, this, I think the big story this year, how will this huge gap that we saw develop last year between US and Europe and, and against emerging markets too, going to somewhat reconcile this year. This is one way I think you, you'll see it show up in the small cap area. That I think makes sense if European recovery again, will pick up from here, then it, that, that sector should particularly outperform. Okay. Small cap value sector. Interesting. Uh, one area that still is uh, uh, lagging in terms of Europe versus US is the energy sector. A lot of folks looking at uh, the crude oil move and uh, particularly in the nat gas move too in terms of volatility, but crude's comeback seems pretty solid here, bouncing back, but the European energy situation has still been a mess. Uh, so uh, is this an easy play to try and close that gap, get long Europe versus US, or are there now structural problems that uh, we've realized over the last year? I do think there's some structural issues because we didn't get this energy crisis in Europe uh, somewhere all of a sudden out of the blue, right? We, there's actually three elements there. There's one, they tried to rely on more green energy and found out that that is not so easy to do. You know, wind energy was not sufficient supply of. There's actually in my country, there's a big gas field that had to close that party down because it caused all the seismic activity. And then you get the Nord Stream pipeline, which does come online at some point, but you get the geopolitical angle with Russia involved there, right? So I think those all play a role in why that difference between European and US energy sector is showing up there. Now, US energy companies have other issues, right? But the big ones have really built up their balance sheet that strong that their profitability is just much more outpacing, I think, the ones that you're seeing in Europe against this picture of LNG that sets volatility. So I think the gap will not close that so fast as you may think about, let's say, the semiconductor play or the, or the travel leisure play. But it's one to watch here, too, because in the end, look, if, if energy is, is one of the other leading sectors from last year still stretching on and into this year because of the, the, the supply and demand picture, particularly resolving at some point through the winter with Europe as well, then I think that gap, too, has some scope to narrow. Okay. All right. Finding relationships and spreads to trade and gaps to get filled. Thank you, Ben. Emmons, as always, Happy New Year to you as well. Happy New Year. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Ben's the Managing Director, Global Macro Strategy at Medley Global Advisors, looking at the trade-off between U.S. and Europe.